0: Good morning. In our gospel selection for the lectionary today, we would have Jesus teaching through the use of some additional parables. What I want to do instead is move us back on the liturgical calendar by one day and bring to you a message regarding St. James the Greater, Apostle and Martyr, whose feast day was yesterday, the 25th of July. For a bit of background, St. James was one of two brothers, James and John, who are called by Jesus the sons of thunder. James and John are the sons of Zebedee, and they were called by Jesus from their fishermen's nets with the words, Follow me, and I will make sure of men. James had Zebedee as his father and Salome as his mother, and in some texts Salome is referred to as Mary. This is not a concern. It was not uncommon then, as it is not uncommon now, for a person by different names, depending on how one person knows another. It is, however, helpful to know that so that you do not get confused when reading in one place a writer speaking of Mary and another speaking of Salome, that they are in fact the same woman. But for the sake of clarity, I will only refer to her as Salome. Salome, in turn, was a close relative of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And the language of the day refers to all close relatives as brothers and sisters. Salome is referred to as the sister of Mary, mother of our Lord, but when considering various references in the scriptures, it seems most likely that Salome was a close cousin of Mary. We know that James was a man of temper. When a Samaritan village did not receive Jesus, James asked to be able to call down fire from heaven to destroy the village. James was one of the few, only himself, his brother John, and Peter, who were witnesses of the transfiguration of Jesus on Mount Tabor. And Jesus, excuse me, and James was again one of the few who accompanied Jesus to the garden, where Jesus prayed in agony over his quickly approaching crucifixion. After the resurrection, ascension, and the Pentecost, All of the apostles went out on missionary journeys to evangelize the world with the gospel of Christ. Paul wrote about his journeys extensively. The other apostles did not so. It is largely through tradition and localized records that we are able to reconstruct the various apostles' missionary journeys. St. Thomas, for example, traveled to India and evangelized there, and ultimately he was martyred there. We do not know this from the Bible, but from the records kept by the people of India at the time. Likewise, we understand that St. James evangelized Samaria and Judea, and even traveled as far as Spain in his evangelistic mission. In the year AD 44, by order of Herod Agrippa I, St. James was arrested, brought to Jerusalem, and beheaded, him the first of the apostles to be martyred after his martyred devout Christians of Spain transported his body back to Spain, where his relics are now kept in the sepulcher of the Cathedral de Santiago, meaning St. James de Compostela. Now, a quick clarification. St. James is the first of the apostles to be murdered. The first martyrs are the holy innocents, those infants of Bethlehem killed by Herod's command. The first martyr, who was knowingly a follower of Jesus, is St. Stephen the deacon, stoned to death at the command of Saul, who would later be converted by Christ on the road to Damascus and renamed Paul. And this brings us to James, the first of the apostles, the original twelve disciples, now evangelists, who was martyred. It is said that at St. James' confession of his faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior during his trial, it was so moving that many of the crowd, including the Roman prosecutor, were converted to Christianity during James's testimony and were afterward executed with him. With that background, let us look at a portion of the gospel text again. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. And Jesus said to her, What do you want? So he said to him, Say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your kingdom. Jesus answered, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to Jesus, We can. He said to them, You will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those whom it has been prepared by my Father. James and John had a mother who was ambitious on their behalf. The first thing we want to recognize is that she is different. Her sons have been following Jesus for some time, and in the process, she become a disciple herself. She recognizes the truth that Jesus is the Son of God and will rule the kingdom of heaven. In response, she goes to Jesus, humbles herself by kneeling before him, and then makes her request. We can learn a lot from this. Christians have been exceedingly, or have become exceedingly, casual. In how we address God, whether the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit, the due awe and reverence to the one who is the creator of all creation and the king of that creation is largely, and in some circles, completely out. Many people, and I'm referring to Christians here, treat celebrities and athletes with more reverence than they do the one they claim to be their God. Salome, knowing Jesus is God, and wanting to ask some of him, puts herself in a place of humbleness and kneels to make her request. And here's the next thing that we can learn from Salome. Ask. Jesus says in the gospel that we have not because we ask not. Therefore, ask what you want. In our gospel text, she is humble, but she is not a ask. She boldly asked Jesus to give her son high honors. My son's. Sit on your right and on your left when you enter your kingdom. Jesus replies, you do not know what you are asking. This is the second Jesus' statement on prayer that we are to learn from. The first is that we have because we ask not. The second is that we ask and do not receive because we ask for those things of God's will. Our prayers must be directed towards understanding God, knowing God, and through this seeking to do His will rather than our own. Seeking our own glory or seeking glory for another person other than to glorify God in our lives is self-serving and opposite of what Jesus says. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. As a result of this, Jesus corrects her. You do not know what you are asking. You're misdirecting your request. Then Jesus turned to James and John and asked them, Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? In this question, he is referring to his death by crucifixion. And the reply comes back, We can. And Jesus responds that, Yes, indeed, you will drink my cup. And see, in saying this, Jesus said, Yes, you will give up everything for me in your life. Now in the parables assigned for this Sunday, Jesus speaks of the found in the field so that the person who found it sold absolutely everything he had in order to obtain the field containing the treasure. And then Jesus speaks of the pearl merchant who finds a pearl of such incredible value that he sells absolutely everything in order to obtain that one pearl. Matthew chapter 13, beginning verse 44, these parables, are ways of explaining that we are to give up the entirety of who we are in order to follow Jesus and in doing so be made so much more than we ever could be on our own that we become the children of God and inheritors of the kingdom of heaven. In this we are to be martyrs for Christ. Those first martyrs, the saints, who died in Jesus' place, are what are called martyrs of blood only. Even though they did not have knowledge of it, they were killed for Jesus' sake. The first Christian disciple who was martyred, St. Stephen the Deacon, is what is called a of both desire and blood. He wanted to live for, and when the time came, die for Jesus. And that he did. Our St. James, on whom we have focused, was also a martyr of both desire and of blood, truly drinking the master's cup, as he was told he would. There is also his brother John, who desired nothing but to live for Jesus and, if he come, die for him like his brother James. He underwent great hardship and was ultimately exiled until his natural death. He is known as a martyr of desire only, having not been violently killed, but living a life which was dying to self, living for Christ and thereby drinking the master's cup. James and too many others to count through the years have found the great treasure or the pearl of great price and gave up everything they had to obtain it and thereby drink the cup of the master. In the words of the author and historian John Shea, we must all desire a place in the kingdom of our Father, but can we drink the chalice which he holds out to each? We must say with Saints we can, but only in the strength of Jesus who has drunk it first. Amen.